Welcome to the Gear Salam, your one-stop shop for all things guitar culture nonsense. I am Aaron, and this is the very first edition of Gear Slum Red Talks. If you're familiar with TED Talks, this is exactly like that, except that instead of bringing in experts to talk about things they have been thinking about and working on for years, it's just me talking about things that I have been thinking about for less than 24 hours at best. <laughs> so the premise of the show is essentially... Anybody, anyone who's listening, anyone who's in the group, can send me 20 bucks via PayPal, and I will, within 24 hours, record a podcast on a topic of your choosing. I will maybe do a little bit of research, maybe do a little bit of work. Um, it'll be less than 10 minutes long, and it'll just be me talking in a microphone, rambling, but that's what it is. So, here we go. This is the first edition Um and I'm excited to be here talking to you. I'm excited to be <laughs> doing what I'm doing. Today is the first edition of the Gear Slum Red Talks. And I'm going to be talking about something that... A topic that was given to me by Noah Barnett. And that topic is looping. So I have talked about live looping before and how it. <laughs> I don't like it. I think it's silly. I think it's goofy. Um, I've very rarely have I seen a live act that does looping as a primary part of their sound that I've enjoyed. It's usually someone in a bar or a coffee shop, just, I don't even know, making noise and laying down these lane pads that they can then noodle over or play an Ed O'Brien. It's not Ed O'Brien. What's his name? Ed Sheeran. <laughs> play an Ed Sheeran song because it's the same four chords over and over again. And there's momentum that it builds, but there's never any pullback. There's never any dynamics. It's never really that interesting. It's always just, here's a layer of me doing percussion with my fingers. Here's a layer of me doing single notes, single chords. Here's a note of me doing an arpeggio. Here's a layer now of me strumming. Now here's a layer of me singing. Now here I'm going to add some background vocals. And it's just... By the time you get to it, it's the same phrase repeated over and over again, and nothing really happens. There's no real movement in the piece. That's what I dislike about it. <coughs> but I have been challenged by Noah Barnett to talk about something else. And that thing is a song called "Or Axis and Orbits by <laughs> an artist called... Um, uh, Tracy something, Tracy something, uh, I don't actually know, I'm gonna have to go research the song, but here's what's gonna happen, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna listen to the song, and then I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna talk about my thoughts, um, will my mind be changed, will I be convinced that, <coughs> excuse me, will I be convinced that live looping is not the worst thing, is it better in recording, who knows, all this and more, in just around the corner, uh, maybe I'll insert a clip of the song here, too, if I can find a way to do that without violating copyright laws or having to pay money. We'll see. I'll be back in a flash. Okay, so I just got done listening to Axis and Orbits by Tracy Silverman. So this is a song off of an album called Silverman, Between the Kiss and the Chaos, that has, I guess, two different, I don't know what you'd call them, two different kind of movements or pieces 
with several movements within them. So the first is called Between the Kiss and the Chaos, uh, which seems to be based on art. I did not listen to that yet. Uh, the second is Axis and Orbits, which is four parts. I listened to the first one, Axis and Orbits, and I actually listened to the second one called Camshaft, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, it's a little funny. It's it's like tongue-in-cheek and kind of light, and which is, I guess, an interesting thing to say about instrumental violin music, but it absolutely is. Uh, I'll talk about axis and orbits first and then i'll mention camshaft at the end so i took some notes uh, basically the song starts off with these kind of minor chord ar arpeggiated um, plucked notes on the violin that seem to have some kind of distortion on them like slightly they're definitely compressed and like over overblown a little bit um, and there's delay on it too so there's this kind of ping-ponging um plucked notes that are kind of bouncing all over the place uh, in these minor keys and it moves and it's probably 30 to 40 seconds long this this first kind of bass that's added onto it then come the swells um some minor chord swells some violin swells single note swells double note swells um that add this kind of ethereal eerie sound and this is the first time that i noticed that there actually is some kind of um, progression in the music that is not typical of your kind of Thursday night open mic looping. Um, and I think the thing that has always annoyed me about looping is that it is so boring. It's like eight bars, and they're going to be the same eight bars over and over again. But this one actually moves, and it's it's got surprises, and it's, it's tricky, and it's fun. Uh, and then about two and a half minutes in, after this is like the third, third fourth layer, I guess, of, of looping comes in, then the lead part comes in, and the lead, <laughs> the lead violin is... Uh, pretty hilarious, I would say. <laughs> Just kind of on the surface, it it honestly reminds me of like an Ingve Malmsteen guitar sound, like or like what would Steve Vai, what would it sound like if you played a violin through Steve Vai's guitar setup? Um, it's got like delay on it, and it's got like this distortion. There's some pinch harmonics happening in here occasionally too. Um, I mean, it's cool stuff. I liked it. Is it's it's dark. It's creepy. It's a little eerie. It kind of reminds me of, um, so there's this movie called Moon. I don't know if anyone has seen this movie. It seems, it's pretty, it was pretty low budget. But it, it's this movie called Moon uh, starring Sam Rockwell. And basically Sam Rockwell is on the moon in this kind of like, he's in this building that's like been built there to keep him alive on the moon, right? So he's monitoring these machines that are like doing things on the moon. I don't remember the specifics, but um, throughout it, then his mind and body start to kind of break down. Um, he starts seeing things. He starts imagining things. Um, eventually, you find out that he was a clone, and a new version of him comes, like another one comes, and if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, <laughs> the new one murders the old one and then basically forgets about it, and then the cycle kind of continues. So it's this ongoing thing where these clones have a shelf life, and they're just used over and over again. Um, but it had this, so the song Axis and Orbis has this weird kind of creepy space murder feel to it. And it's really pretty and it's really well done, but it's also kind of terrifying and, but also comforting at the same time. I don't know. I liked it. I recommend it completely. If you're into any kind of music and you want to know something cool, check out Axis and Orbits from Tracy Silverman off the album. Between the Kiss and the Chaos. Now, after Axis and Orbits, which is like a seven-minute song, 
there's access and orbits two, which is called camshaft and camshaft starts off with one of the cliches of live looping that I hate, which is like, um, synthesized percussion, right? So she's using, or he, I don't know if Tracy's a man or woman. I believe it's a woman. She, it, Tracy uses like the strings on the violin and scrapes them in a way to, to make like a, an improvised drum sound. Right. But unlike most looping, it's not just like boom, 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 it's just like really complex and syncopated thing going on. And then the violin comes in and the violin is super distorted. And I swear this song sounds like back in black on violin. And it is amazing. <laughs> I'm actually going to skip axis and orbits and here, just listen to this real quick. It's it's back in black on a on the violin. Um, so I guess I've, I've been proven wrong. Not that I like felt like I'm proven wrong because I know there's good looping stuff. Andrew Bird comes to mind. Um, but the point is, it's fun to to hate on things that are dumb, um, and it's even more fun when exceptions to the rule are presented and someone does something that's maybe cliche in a really interesting and and cool way. Um, such is the case with Tracy. Silverman, and such is the case with the Gear Slum Red Talks. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Noah, for the suggestion. Thanks for the episode. If you want to do it too, hit me up on, you can email us at thegearslum.com, or sorry, at thegearslum at gmail.com. Um, I'll give you my personal PayPal address. You can send me 20 bucks and I'll record one of these for you. Um, or hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash thegearslum. Um, you can DM me there, whatever, and we'll, we'll make it happen. This was fun. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for friendship.